Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, ready to preview the Saints at Washington. Both of these teams, two and two, heading into the weekend. The Saints coming off that 27-21 overtime loss to the Giants. Winston in that game had 297 yards and a touchdown. However, the defense gave up 485 yards. And listening to the defense all week, we've heard a lot of the players saying that they have to execute better. They have to trust their stuff. They have to make sure that they're tackling better and not allowing any yards after contact. That was a big thing that Paulson Adebo addressed in Thursday's press conference. On the other side, Washington, they're coming off a big 34-30 win over Atlanta. Of course, they're being led by quarterback Taylor Heineke right now, who threw for 290 yards in that ball game and three touchdowns without any interceptions. As an offense, however, they're averaging 342 yards. It's the defense that is not doing so hot. They're allowing 417 yards and 30 and a half points per game. It's kind of been a, an anomaly here with this Washington defense. You have defensive end Chase Young, somebody that everybody was so high on should be really be able to attack people on the line. Montez Sweat, he has three sacks on the season, but the production, again, just hasn't been what that was was expected for the Washington defense, especially in the past game. They're currently ranked 29th overall against the past, 29th overall as a defense, and 30th in scoring. Those are not good numbers, and it'll be interesting to see if the Saints are able to take advantage of that in this ball game on Sunday. The game is this Sunday, 12 o'clock Central. It will be on CBS. And to help me dive into this matchup a little bit more, we're going to bring in Washington's VP of Media and Content. She also serves as an analyst on the radio for their broadcast coverage every single game day. Her name's Julie Donaldson. She's the first female to be a regular on-air member of an NFL radio broadcast team. So really incredible milestone that Julie achieved and it's gonna be fun talking to her a little bit about this matchup. Julie, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great having you. How are you doing? Great. Looking forward to a week coming back home. We've been on the road for a couple of games, uh, a rough one in Buffalo, a wild one down in Atlanta. So we'll see what this, uh, this team has in store for you guys when you come to town. Yeah, we've both been riding the roller coaster of emotions with our team so far this season. Coming into this game, everybody's two and two. What have you seen from Washington overall? Kind of if you step back and take a look at the team, what would you say it looks like? Unexpected. I think on offense and defense. Coming in, everybody expected our defense to be dominant. You know, it was a top five defense last year. And so we thought that they would kind of start there and then build on top of that and really just kind of be shutting all offenses down, no, no matter what, in every facet of the game. Well, it hasn't gone that way. Meanwhile, the offense, we didn't know really what to expect from them. Typically, it takes a little bit longer for them to kind of get together. We were building it around Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, excited to see what he would bring to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not far into the game opening week, and then comes Taylor Heineke. And this is the guy, you have to remember, he's only starting when, when it comes to Sunday his fifth game in the NFL. He's 29 years old. He spent two years out of the league, sitting on his sister's couch, taking classes in math, calling up offensive coordinator, Scott Turner saying, could I maybe be a coach on your staff? And I said, no, wait a minute. We might need an emergency QB in COVID. And here he is now starting and, and leading this team and leading this offense in a way 
that really we didn't expect. So the offense is overperforming from what we thought the defense is underperforming. Yeah, it's been a really incredible journey just watching him, you know, the first game that he came in leading them to a win and he has done really well, 960 yards passing. And then he's also really good at evading the defense. Um, it's been a problem and his ability to kind of move and his decision-making might be something that he needs to work on a little bit, but as a leader of the team and on the offensive side there, how do you like his fit? Yeah. You know, he's a gamer it, and that's what guys say. And, and we just did an interview with uh, Ricky Seals Jones and he's the tight end that's going to come in because Logan Thomas, uh, somebody that was really surprising transitioning from quarterback to the tight end position became one of our most reliable weapons on offense. Well, he went down with a hamstring injury. So we, you know, it's next man up. And one thing that Ricky says, and every player will say, when you ask him about Taylor is like, he's a gamer. He gets in there and he gives it everything he has. And because of that, he's like, you know, he's in the huddle and he never, even, even at the end of the game, when, when everything seems to be going against him, he said, he never shows any bit of doubt or hesitation or defeat. And therefore guys see that they feed off of that. They watch the way he goes out and plays. He's all in on every single play. And so he's giving them a chance and guys are rallying around that. And, and they, they're saying, you know what, if, if he's in here all in, like we, we should be all in too. Um, it's infectious. So they really like what he does. You know, they want him to go through his progressions, through his reads in the pocket first, kind of go to the script that they have out there for them. But then should the play break down, he has the ability to get out and run. He's just kind of learning when to choose and pick those spots, when the lanes are open and then making sure that he doesn't take the unnecessary hit. I think that's something that he was doing early on and, and realizing if he keeps taking those hits, he's not going to be available for us. And, and then we're going to have a really big problem. So he's trying to learn to pick his moments. Uh, but man, he's got some, he's got some guts out there. Uh, when he goes and plays, there are times where, like you said, he makes some of these decisions and you're like, why did you throw that ball? It's double coverage. And then, you know, T uh, Terry McLaurin comes down with it and you're like, perfect ball, perfect pass. And they make something happen. That's just kind of what we're living with right now is kind of, you know, flying on the edge of the seat of our pants, hoping that it's going to be something that the fans can at the end of the day cheer about. Yeah, all this sounds really familiar um, to our quarterback and James Winston. <laughs> and you mentioned injuries, Logan Thomas, one of them. Wide receiver group looks like they may be a little banged up. What are you kind of expecting as far as those that won't be able to play on Sunday? Well, we, Logan Thomas is out. Deami Brown's dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. You know, I mean, Curtis Samuel didn't practice, but we anticipate him kind of being out there. So, you know, um, Cam Sims was dealing with a little bit of an injury in the last game. Um, but, you know, if they, if they can go, they will go. And if they do go, you expect them to be ready and, and hopefully out there. But it is the next guy up. You know, I mean, DeAndre Carter, our return guy, he just had a kickoff return for 101 yards. He's fast. He's shifty. Uh, and he had his opportunity to come in the game and have an impact as well. So uh, we still love what we get from our running backs, which we also use in the passing game, JD McKissick, Antonio Gibson. Uh, they've been really reliable for us and, you know, kind of like using them a lot like you would Alvin Kamara, though I don't know why you guys don't throw to him in the last game. <laughs> but, you know, we, we like to mix it up and, uh, you know, really kind of excited. They like the playmakers and and we'll just kind of have to see how it shakes out. You know, I mean, things don't always go as planned. You always have to account for those injuries. Um, but, you know, Ricky was, you know, talking today that he's, he's ready for those opportunities and you know, there's going to come. You mentioned the defense earlier. I know that's kind of been a point of focus for everybody when talking about Washington. It seemed like they have the playmakers there, the talent on that side of the ball. What do you think the missing piece has been? 
on defense. Well, you know, they have the talent, of course, you know, mm-hmm. we have, we have that guys. It's just something isn't having them played it together. And, you know, we, we can sit here, D'Angelo Hall's with me in the booth. Um, you know, we played 10 years with this team and we're sitting there. We'll be scratching our heads a little bit. Like, what is it? Why is it? It's like, you know, sometimes it just takes a certain game to make things click together, to come together, you know, but unfortunately they, they haven't done that. You know, they're aware of, of their shortcomings um, and having to play together on the back end. You know, you do have new guys learning to play together. Benjamin St. Juice, he was out the last game because of a concussion. William Jackson, the third comes on in Kendall Fuller uh, stays over, but they're having to learn how to communicate with each other. And, and they're saying that that takes time. Um, you know, the linebacking unit is going to go through another shift. John Bostic is out. We're going to see much more of our rookie, Jamin Davis. And how can he go? He's taking time to learn the scheme. Our defensive line, we don't know. We feel like that's the one unit that should for sure um, come together. But maybe at times we're relying too much on them instead of the whole unit playing together um, and those guys playing together behind them as well. So uh, we're all kind of wondering what the answer to that question is. And, and we're hoping it comes against you guys on Sunday. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> No, um, yeah. off the, when you're on it, nope, uh, you know, everything's, uh, you know, everything's fair game. Yes. It's been a little while since these two teams have faced off. I think it's 2018 is the last time. What has been the focus? What have you been hearing at practice from the coaches on what needs to take place against the Saints? Well, you know, I think they also know Sean Payton. I was talking with Coach Rivera today and he said, look, I, the utmost respect for, for Peyton, the kind of quarterback or the kind of coach that he is understanding that their quarterback situation has changed. You know, it looks a lot different than Drew Brees. And it says, yes, we've watched them not necessarily have the most balanced attack where they're running a lot more. Uh, hopefully that does fit our defensive scheme. But at the same time, he goes, you can't sit back and think that Sean's not going to sit there and go, okay, let's try to switch it up this week. So you can't be fooled necessarily by that. So, you know, he understands he has to be prepared for whatever Sean Payton's going to draw up for them on offense that Jameis has the arm. He has the ability to throw it. You've got some legit playmakers. We've just got to be able to, as he says, and has been preaching, one guy do their job, not 11 guys. So one of 11. And when you play with one of 11, then you've got 11 playing together as opposed to what I think the, the problem is, is they've got away from the basics where one guy is trying to maybe do too much. And therefore we're missing a lot of assignments and plays are happening that shouldn't necessarily go. So I, you know, I I think if you look back on how you guys have played, Coach Rivera knows very well enough that Sean Payton's capable of switching anything up and trying to expose our weaknesses and to be prepared for that. Absolutely. You mentioned being in the booth with D'Angelo Hall, but you made the transition to the booth last season. It's different role. You've covered the NFL, the NBA, you've covered the Olympics, done a lot of different stuff, but how have you enjoyed being up there in the booth? It's cool. You know, it, it really is. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> after, when, you know, I got this job, I'm the first female to have this full-time position in the NFL. And, you know, typically we have our positions on the sideline, you know, or we come in on special games and to do it and to be the leader of that booth, to be the voice that's welcoming people in and, and adding, you know, the commentary that I do have. Uh, at first, I, I'd lie if I didn't say I wasn't sure if I could do it. Um, there was definitely insecurity, but I realized, as they said, you know this team, you know the league, um, and, and you know the guys, so that's all we're asking of you. 
and I've enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun with it. Um, I've been welcomed with open arms. Uh, if anything, fans get mad at me because of what the team's performing on the field and uh, not so much of anything else, but it's cool. It, it's, it's really kind of like a neat little extra transition um, and, and chapter and I guess my, my career. You've done so much throughout your career. As I mentioned, three Olympics to kind of put that out there. That's pretty incredible in itself. But what has kind of been the highlight for you? Oh, the, I've had so many, you know, I mean, I, I got to start, you know, my career in the, at, at, in Miami, went to New York city, I went to Boston proper. And when you're in those towns and then, you know, now DC, I've been here for, this is my 11th year. You cover some really amazing teams and you learn something all along the way, you know, from the Mets clinching the division for the first time in 20 years to in Boston, the Celtics winning the NBA championship um, and being in that locker room, you know, to, you know, even with, with the Miami heat, like it was just a, you know, just beginning of your career, you're excited to, to get going with, with all of that. Um, the Olympics were always really special as well. So it's hard to kind of pick, pick one moment. Um, if, if anything, I'm going to say it's where I am right now. You know, I, I feel like this is like the next, uh, level of my career in the booth. It's a new challenge. And I still find myself every week being challenged, but you know, I'm, I'm also the leader of my unit. You know, I, I, am the one that's responsible and I'm, I'm the SVP of content for the football team. And that comes a lot of responsibility and people are relying on my decision-making and my leadership, um, to be able to get their jobs done. Right. And what I love is when my staff gets to do what they love, um, have their ideas carried out and have it carried out well is, is really cool. So I, I would say right now, because it's still a new challenge and I'm growing and uh, I look forward to, you know, where I'm going to hopefully, you know, take this kind of unit as we do work forward. How do you juggle all of that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, that's like a legit question. I, you know, I'm always saying um, I've got a million balls in the air. Um, and at times I have to really work on time management. I've got a great staff that I'm, I'm pretty good at delegating a lot of things to now that we're getting things into place and they understand how I work and what I need. Um, but I'll tell you this, there's, there's not many breaks in the day because the day can be taken up with meetings and having to make decisions and, and having to help other people. And it's like, when do I prep for the game myself? How do I get to listen to the press conferences and, and make sure that I know what I need to, to do the shows? Cause I'm also hosting them as well. So it's, it's kind of three full-time jobs wrapped into one. Um, I, I, my biggest thing is I try my hardest to get eight hours of sleep a night it makes a world of a difference if I do, but that's very hard to come by for the most part I'm functioning on five to six. And, and for me, that's just not enough. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a challenge. And you know, when, if, if something falls, I've, I've got a great support system to help me along the way. It's always funny to me. Players always say one of the things they do every day before a game, it's like their rituals, they take a nap. And I'm like, you know, that must be really nice. Like just to hang out, take a nap before you have to go to work. Um, just not something that we can come by easily in this in the industry when we're. Well, I, I did that yesterday. I had a meeting <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm going to take the rest of my meetings from home. I went home and I was like, I have 20 minutes before I have to get dressed for my next show. So I was like in makeup and hair, you know, my eye pillow on, I took a 20 minute nap and, and then it was back up and running again for the next four hours. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if, if you can sneak it in, why not? It just yeah. is very hard. <laughs> for you, what's the biggest storyline that you're following heading into this game with the, the Saints and the Washington you know, football team? 
I think it, it's going to go to the quarterbacks, you know, like um, our offensive line and, and Brandon Sheriff is down. Wes Schweitzer's coming in, but he started 13 games for them last year. So we have faith in, in his being able to come in and hopefully not miss too much of the, they've done a pretty good job protecting Taylor. Um, but it's like, how can Taylor continue to take that next step? You know, your, your defense, we're aware they're, they're, they're not going to give much to, you're going to have to earn it against them. So I want to be able to see what he can do and kind of how we run that offense, because that has been our strength so far. And then obviously it's got to be the other quarterback, Jameis. What is he going to do to us? Is he going to challenge our secondary and say, okay, this is an area that's uh, struggled a little bit. Let's test that out. You know, it, it's a game where our defense, it's like, we're at that point where something's got to give mm-hmm. and hopefully it gives where it doesn't break, but instead they come together and they rally together. But the one thing from the Washington football team is they play until that final whistle. I mean, coach Rivera has not giving up. They don't ever believe that they're too far down. Um, and there's a lot of resiliency with them. So it's been emotional and wild roller coaster of emotions, as you even mentioned, but we know that if there's a chance and there's a few seconds on the clock, um, then, you know, we, we, we have a good chance of coming out with that W. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap this up. I know you don't have a lot of time, but we're going to wrap it up with a two minute drill. So just some okay. rapid fire questions here. Uh, what's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite food? Sushi. Okay. <laughs> what about dessert? Uh, a glass of wine. <laughs> Does that count? It counts. Yeah. There's sugar in wine. Definitely. <laughs> um, what is one thing that you would put on your bucket list? Mm, I want to travel the world. I, I don't care where it's at. I want to go somewhere new. Um, where do we find the time to travel though in this job? That's the question. Yeah. Maybe over the summer. Um, are you a morning or a night person? Night, which is causing all sorts of problems in this job. When my alarm goes off at 6am, I'm just not ready for it. Yeah, definitely. What is the most interesting thing that you carry in your purse or backpack or, or whatever you have on a daily basis? I bet you, you probably would never get this answer. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. My, <laughs> my dog. Okay. I have a first dog. I even took her to, we do the show at a steakhouse and I took her last night. She was in her dog purse for four and a half hours and you wouldn't have known. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of dog? What, what's the name? She's a Maltese. Her name's Lucy. And you know, she's 12 and a half years old. She's just, she's been my road dog. She goes with me everywhere. But when you pull that purse out, she nose dives into it and she's happy as a clam to just be with you. And this is, she comes with you in the booth too. No, she, I, I, yeah, I leave her at home. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, if there's one thing, one piece of advice you could give your younger self, what would it be? You're not going to be perfect. So just relax and give yourself a break. I mean, I, I think that can still even resonate to this day, but for sure, I was really hard on myself. And I, I was the biggest, the biggest reason that I was held back from anything in life is because I wanted to be perfect. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, I definitely can understand that one as well. Thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to the game this weekend and good luck on the call. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Julie for joining us today on the podcast. As she mentioned, a few of the injuries on the Washington side want to give an update. This, of course, again, 
center Eric McCoy tackled Teron Armstead, who are listed as out right now, did not participate in practice for the Saints. And then added to that list, Saints safety JT Gray. He's listed as limited with a back injury. Gray is a big part of the Saints special teams. And you heard Julie mention the fact that the Washington football team returned to kickoff for a touchdown last week against the Falcons. So that'll be an area of focus for the Saints heading into this game for sure. As always, you can follow along pre and post game on NewOrleansSaints.com with myself and John DeShazer. We will give you everything you need to know heading into the game, and then we'll be back with post game coverage. Lots of sound from head coach John Payton and players. No matter what happens on the field in Washington, we will be there with you. So make sure you tune in and check us out on social media across all the platforms. As always, any questions you have for John or myself, Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron E. Summers. Love to hear from you guys. And it's at John DeShazer. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of the Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You can always check it out on the app presented by Verizon on NewOrleansSaints.com or on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribing there so you don't ever miss an episode. And check it out on YouTube because it is now available as a video form as well. So you can watch the interview with Julie or any of our other guests on our YouTube channel. Thanks again, and we will be back with you on Monday.